Hello, everybody, and welcome back to OMB Reviews. I am the critic who is a cynic. How is everyone doing this evening? Happy and blessed Saturday to everyone out there, and welcome to episode 376 of the Welcome to Asgard podcast, where tonight we'll talk a little bit about the Woman King controversy how it's doing at the box office. Is it going to make its money back? We'll have to wait and see, of course. I'll also give my final thoughts on Reacher as I finally finish the show and also have just picked up watching Jack Ryan, which I've got some mostly positive things to say and talk about. And we'll end off at some point, or at some point in the stream, we will talk about, briefly, if we can, uh, Rings of Power because, hey, it's just garbage and it's boring and that's pretty much all that needs to be said about it at this point in time. But before going any further, though, please make sure you smash that like button, loud that fire button if you're watching over on Odyssey. Also, smash the rumble button as we are currently live on Rumble as well. Thank you again for being here. Yes, there was the audio issue. So basically what had happened was I have I recently upgraded my uh, PC to Windows 11. And one of the downsides to that is that no longer can I specify that I don't want windows to automatically update or at least i have not figured out the way to have that set and so when windows updates for some reason it changes the microphone location and when it changes the microphone location it just makes things go to hell in a handbasket to put it nicely so thank you all so very much for putting up with that at the very beginning but hey we're here we're, we're happy, we're back, and we've got some action over on Odyssey already with Obamination putting some stickers over there. Thank you very much for hanging out. Let's say hello to some people who are in the chat. Input Latency was here first. What's going on, good sir? Lord Toth in the chat. Hail to you. Brightburn1985, what is going on? Bryant Barth was here at 6.08. Mr. Roy was here as well. At 6.43, hail to you, good sir. Father Christopher hail to you, Father says. Can't stay, I have mass and then confessions. Well, God bless you, Father. I'll be praying for you, especially uh, for for you during and after confessions. I know that's one of the most difficult uh, times uh, for a, a priest. Um, it's one of the most, um, from what I've been told from, from confessors, from people who've, who've heard confessions, it is one of the... Uh, brightest or one of the most powerful parts of what it means to be a priest but at the same time also there is definitely that heaviness and that weight to it as well so praying for you father as you hear those we got tina b empress of the universe hail to you tina b and that will actually be the first uh donation via paypal thank you very much tina i got your message and i got the donation for the five dollar donation via paypal just want to say hey tina thank you very much for the support shout out to you much love to you and thank you for always being here as a mod, as a friend, and as just an awesome human being in general. Hope you all stream last night on Soup to Nuts went perfectly. And make sure that you do support our ladies, our Valkyrie, Tina and Steph, over on Soup to Nuts. Links will be posted shortly. Huron the Steadfast, what is going on? Hail to you, Huron. Thank you very much for being here. We got Stephanie B saying, hey what's going on, Stephanie B? Shout out to you as well. Dutch lasagna, she says. Interesting. I don't know if I've ever had Dutch lasagna. I know lasagna. I don't know necessarily about Dutch lasagna. What makes it Dutch versus other kinds of lasagna? That would be my ultimate question. So, 
<laughs> anyway, welcome back. Always glad, always great to have you in the chat. We got here in the steadfast. Hail to you, good sir. Also, uh, as here in the steadfast is doing, if you have a comment or question, no matter what platform you're watching, whether it's Rumble, D Live, Odyssey. Put at Odin at the very beginning of your comment. At Odin, it lets me know that you're trying to get my attention. And if you're on YouTube, it allows me to highlight your comments. If you happen to be a YouTube member, one of the perks of being a YouTube member is that you don't have to put the at Odin at the very front or at the very beginning. And every now and then, I will highlight people who are either new to the stream today or new in general. Miss Minnesota Hockey Fan, how about a hockey player? What's going on? Thanks for being a member. GMonkey76, what is going on? Joey Horn, hail to you, good sir. Still need to get you added into the shout-outs video at the very end, but shout-out special to Joey Horn, who is one of my Patreon members and also a member on the YouTube channel. Just under the red shirt, who is a member, hail to you. Thank you very much for being here. Uh, we got Lady Fossilot in the chat. Welcome back, Lady Fossilot. James Hurley, what is going on? Time to say, I'm kind of excited for Constantine too. I like uh, Francis Lawrence as a director, but J.J. Abrams producing has me scared, but fingers crossed. Yes, yeah, so I think I had mentioned that on Friday Night Tights the other night where basically, yeah, it, it's been confirmed that Keanu Reeves is back for Constantine 2. Same Keanu Reeves, same director. However... You have a, a trio of producers that should bring concern to everyone involved. Now, I think the number one question, at least for me, is how much control does Keanu Reeves have? I mean, obviously, he's coming back as an actor. I don't know if he'll be coming back as also a producer or executive producer. It doesn't seem to be the case, at least at this point in time. So how much control does he have over it? How much control does J.J. have? How much control do the other uh, of the Three Stooges of the producers that were listed for that project. How much control do they have? Um, how much, of course, control does the director have? Because even though I think a lot of the more comic book purists who don't look at that first film as being anything like what Constantine in the comics is like, I would have no knowledge of this because I don't know that version of Constantine as I'm not a comics person. Uh, what I can say and what many people tend to be able to say, even if they are someone who loves the comics, is that even though it's not Constantine in their minds, it's still a entertaining movie. It's still... Uh, fun to have Keanu Reeves in that in that character in that role, and there's some things that they do in the film that are are pretty uh, pretty well done, or at the very least, pretty entertaining at the very least. So, uh, yeah, again, I'm very mixed on it. I'm very mixed on it because Keanu factor is fantastic. The same director, fantastic, but yeah, uh, those producers can oftentimes have a major impact on whether something is good or bad. Super anime gamer, what's going on? Saying hey, what is up, my dude? We also got Laura, the modern major general of the channel, who is also one of my mods. Thanks for being here. Osman Diaz, what's going on? Welcome back to the channel. Orange Reviews, who is a member, saying, Hail Odin, sad news. John Hurwitz has confirmed that the new Karate Kid movies that are being planned by Sony are in no way connected to the original movies or Cobra Kai. What a waste and a hard letdown. Not only is it a hard letdown, Orange Hat Reviews, it also is them trying to essentially guarantee that they're not going to be successful. <laughs> I mean, think about it. Think about how big Cobra Kai is. Think about how Cobra Kai has, even as a show, right? Since we are in the know of these things, Netflix, not the greatest of corporations. In fact, pretty downright despicable in many ways. Many of you have even uh, you know, told us and shared with us 
uh, whenever it's brought up about how you have personally decided to cancel your Netflix subscription. Have you decided to go through other ways and other means to see some of the stuff that has been uh, reported as being good or how you've just avoided it altogether? And hey, I respect anyone that has done that for that reason because I think the reasons to boycott, the reasons to resist and to not try to give any pennies to Netflix, I think are totally totally legitimate. But the problem is, or rather, I I think the one thing that is often overlooked when it comes to Cobra Kai, it's one of the few shows where you actually see this bridging of the gap, right? You see the typical Netflix person who's just, hey, I have Netflix and I'm paying every single month. And, oh, look, there's a new movie and a new show. I don't really care all that much about what it's trying to tell me or what it's trying to say to me or anything like that. I'm just going to consume and consume and consume, right? That's the more normie type. You then have the other types like me who are on there saying, okay, I think that Netflix is an evil corporation, but at the same time, there are some really good things on there that I do want to be able to support. And also, I have this obligation to be able to have access to these things through as legal means as possible, so that way I can access it, talk about it, etc. Not to mention, I've mentioned this previously, that the only reason why I even still have an active Netflix subscription is, is because of the wife. Because I love my wife, and a happy wife is a happy life, and she not holding the same types of positions and thoughts that I do having me net cancel Netflix, let's just say it would not, it would not end well. It would not work, uh, work well. Um, it would not be a healthy decision to be made. But I do think Cobra Kai is absolutely something that has been able to bridge a lot of those gaps in a very interesting way because it is just so good because it is nostalgia done right. But a very big part of this is think about how huge Cobra Kai actually is with all that in mind. Why in the world would you not make a movie, if you're having to feel the need to make a movie, based on the characters, based on the originals, right? Making another Karate Kid film where it's actually the original characters, right? You have basically Cobra Kai, from both the old actors and the new actors, in a longer format film. I don't see why you wouldn't take advantage of that. Maybe they have seen the numbers and think that it wouldn't result in money, but they could not possibly think that putting in a bunch of new people and new stories and new directions that have no connection to the originals or to the new things that we've seen in Cobra Kai, I don't see how they could think that that somehow would be more successful. It does not make any, uh, does not make any sense to me whatsoever. So I think that's a bad move on their part. Hey, Still seems to be early at the very least in the conversation, so maybe that will change. Master of Gaming, hail to you. Thank you very much for being in the chat. Yes, indeed, as Tina said, if you have any comments or questions that you want read aloud, no matter what platform you are on, please put at Odin at the very beginning of your comment. At Odin lets me know that you're trying to get my attention. And speaking of that, Abomination over on Odyssey. Thank you very much for tagging Good Sir says, didn't they try to make a spinoff of Karate Kid back in the day with a woman? I can't imagine making another one would take off now if it didn't even work back then. Well, the spinoff actually is is one that I will I will go to bat for, all right? The one they're talking about is called The Next Karate Kid, and it featured Hilary Swank, and it still had Mr. Miyagi, all right, so Pat Morita was able to come back to reprise his role as Mr. Miyagi. And I think that that film is both within the universe, but also separate and distinct enough to where I think it actually works. I think that it actually works. There's a lot of things in that movie that I really appreciate. The fact that 
Uh, Pat Morita's Mr. Miyagi has to take the approach of training a student, but now is having to take it from a father-daughter relationship instead of a father-son relationship. I think is a very intriguing dynamic that, that that's added to it. And uh, overall, I actually enjoy it. I, I think that it is definitely not one of the bad or really worst spinoffs that we've ever seen when it comes to properties that have been spin off. Like to me, it didn't come across for me at least as, Oh, they want to tell the karate kid story, but they just want to make the lead a woman. It was that, no, they had taken the karate kid story really as far as they possibly could, but they still wanted to have more stories in the universe. And so they did kind of what Cobra Kai did where they understood, okay, we can't have this universe exist really without Pat Morita, right? Without Mr. Miyagi, without the presence of Miyagi-Do within this universe. Um, but also we can still change the location and we can still change the different dynamics of the actual uh, relationships between these characters. And I think that it actually did a pretty good job in doing that. So typically when I think about the canon of Karate Kid, because Mr. Miyagi is in that, I count Next Karate Kid as it being a part of that canon. Whereas you go to, was it the new Karate Kid or the next Next Karate Kid, whatever one they did with Jackie Chan in the last 10 years, 10 to 15 years, it's crazy that it's been that long. That is not canon because it has no real connection to any of the other previous ones. And that's why I've been saying for Cobra Kai, I would love for them to somehow bring in Hillary Swank in some way. Because then you would connect it to the last of the films and you could then also have some fun interactions between these people that have never met before and you could have these interactions of hey you knew Mr. Miyagi right and and there's a legitimacy to Hillary Swank to be brought in uh because of that and in that capacity now my own dream booking had it so that she has somehow turned into a villain but uh <laughs> whether or not they actually do that or not is is still remains to be seen. I just think it would be fun to have another twist, you know, on it where instead of her continuing on in what Mr. Miyagi taught her, hey, guess what? Sometimes people when they learn a good lesson or they learn a lot of values from a person as they get older, they they lose those values. And so I think it would be interesting to see that uh from 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 her perspective. But in any case, whatever direction they decide to do, if it's just brand new characters trying to basically cash in on the Karate Kid and on Cobra Kai, but not actually pay any respect to the fans, which is what this would do if they have no connection to the universe, that's a bad idea. I think that that's a slap in the face of the fans, and I think that the vast majority of at least fans of the movies and fans of Cobra Kai would basically reject it and say, why would we want to support this? Anyway... That's just me on that. Let's see. Mark Lizette says, wasn't the Woman King a triumph? Uh, apparently it is. Uh, the coveted cinema score. You know the cinema score, right? This, it's that target that they always mention on Deadline. They always mention it on, you know, Scotty Boy Mendelssohn's Forbes.com. They'll all say, well, hey, the, the cinema score on that movie was fantastic. When they forget to remember that that's all that cinema score gives you. All they give you is a grade. They don't tell you how many people rated the film out of the pool of people they have. They don't give you any actual data. All they say is, oh, yeah, our score, based off of the surveys that we absolutely, totally got and are completely legitimate, uh, A+. a plus. Apparently, Woman King got an A-plus cinema score. So, I look to that and I think, all right, well, I already didn't trust them before. I now definitely don't trust that. Especially when you take into account that apparently some of the social media response to the film has already been, oh, 
Now we've actually had to look up the history of this tribe that these characters are a part of, and wait a minute, turns out that these people not only enslaved their neighboring tribes, but also sold said slaves in certain situations to slave traders in the transatlantic slave trade. Oh, so one of the benefits, one of the good things I could say that the Woman King is doing is that it's actually apparently forcing people to actually learn history and to learn actual history and not this conglomeration of nonsense that has been uh, called history, especially in public education for many, many years now. Let's see, James Hurley tagged to say, The Woman Kings look awful uh, to me and my dad saw a murder mystery, Sam Rockwell and Saoirse Ronan. Adrian Brody called See How They Run. It was pretty good. Yeah, that's a movie I actually do have some interest in, specifically because of Sam Rockwell. I do like Saoirse Ronan as an actress as well. So, yeah, definitely. Gary Badger Sandwich Worthing says, uh, Odin cracked a few classics on that Rings stream you and Myra were on. Hey, yeah. Thank you very much, Gary Banjo Sandwich Worthington, for hanging out. Now, if you want to hear some more in-depth thoughts about Rings of Power that I have, uh, check out the Salty Nerd podcast, the Salty Nerd podcast channel. Uh, we did a Rings of Power panel earlier. It's great to be invited back on for that because the show sucks. The show is boring. But the one thing that the show has done is it's, a, it's given me the opportunity to talk with a bunch of fun people and essentially create our own version of the universe that would be so much more entertaining. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it is what it is, as they say. Let's see. Joey Horn, who's a member, says, What is Holly Weird's fascination with Viola Davis? Uh, she's a very talented actress. That is, I would say, the number one thing. She actually is a very talented actress. I appreciate the work that she, she has done in her career. Um, I still remember the first role that got her a lot of attention was the supporting role that she gave in the film Spotlight. And it was phenomenal. Just even those few seconds on, on the screen, she, she was dynamic. And everything else that I've ever seen her in, even if it hasn't been a good movie, looking at you Suicide Squad films, she was still pretty great in it. She still was able to give very good performances. So I, I would say that part of the fascination with her is that she actually is a talented actress I think, obviously, there's other parts that are much more identity politics-driven, unfortunately. But, hey, at least with her, you're dealing with someone who actually can act. Whereas there is another actress that has gotten a lot of time and attention in films. She was in that movie Hidden Figures. She played, like, the comic relief. I think she's actually a stand-up comic or a, a comedian in real life. Um, I, I forget her name. But, anyway, she, on the other hand, can't act, has the same tone in every movie... And yet she gets pushed, and that's clearly much more, uh, more, much more politically driven than by any connection to any actual talent. Ah, so let's go ahead and jump back into the chat. Let's first off check over on Odyssey, or rather on Rumble, dude. Rumble, we got we got people on Rumble. We got King Kane Rumshki. What's going on, King Kane? Time to say, will movies survive? How long, in your opinion? If you mean the like Hollywood films, big budget films, it's going to last for a while. I mean, honestly, think about especially just Amazon. Amazon was able to spend a billion dollars on a show that, based on all the metrics, is is not a very big success. Based on all the metrics that we have, it, it doesn't seem to be as big of a success as they were probably hoping it to be. 
So when you have these multi-billion dollar corporations that can just throw out a billion dollars and lose it and, and, and not even have a second thought about it, you realize that there are some companies and there are some corporations that can continue to make movies for a very, very long time. Uh, as far as the current Hollywood structure with the distribution, we're already starting to see changes, right? We're already starting to see the contracts between studios and theaters change. And I think especially as you continue to see the development of streaming technologies, I think that you will also be able to um, you will also be able to see that there there will be situations where um, I lost my train of thought there for a moment, but uh, the main point of it is to say that movies will continue to be made, but I do think that in the age of the digital marketplace, you're going to see less movies in theaters, more films online, and that to me is going to start to change things because if you think about how much money they typically get from PVOD sales, putting it online means piracy becomes a lot more rampant, becomes a lot more common. And so then the theaters have to start figuring out, or more so the studios have to start figuring out, oh, how do we try to monetize this online community? And that's when I could definitely see them trying to play around with uh, in you know embedded ads, for instance, um, you know playing them directly from their own uh, service or something similar to that. Would not be surprised to see it go in that direction if they could. All right, there's all the boomer stuff about no audio. I got it, though. I got it. I got it. I got it. Uh, let's see. I didn't boomer. It was the PC, Windows 11, that boomered. Uh, Master of Gaming Titus say, I recommend running the bases. I heard it has great story and it's emotional. Yeah, I saw that that is released in about a 1,000 screens, I think, last time I checked. Alice McCarthy says, howdy. Ooh, and how's it going? How's baby Thor? Reacher and Jack Ryan are pretty good shows. I like them. Oops, I like them, so they must be bad. No. It's that you tend to like really bad things, but sometimes you like good things because, hey, you, you, you at least are able to recognize uh, good qualities in certain elements. Uh, it's more so that you tend to like things that are really, really bad. <laughs> you tend not to dislike good stuff. So usually it's not the opposite uh, when it comes to you, Alex McCarthy. But I always appreciate your, uh, your candor and your ability to, to have some fun with it as well. All right, chat has jumped on me like it always does. Looks like some comments actually may have been skipped. That's a rarity. So please smash the like button, lap that fire button. Means a lot for all of y'all to be here in the chat. And since we are just a rocking and a rolling, let's just uh let's try let's try to stay here. Rob D says, "Have you ever taken an official count of your Blu-rays and 4Ks?" Not an official count. I digitized all of my movies into my Plex library, so I could probably give a basic metric of 400 plus. Um, but that's not including uh, some of the movies which have not transferred yet because of some technical issues. The newer 4Ks, especially that I have, it's also not including some of the alternate versions of certain films, which I would say could, you know, add to the number or detract from the number, depending on how you look at it. Um, but overall, yeah, definitely in the hundreds. You could already you know, see it behind me and figure it out probably with, with using your own brains and your own minds and your own math. Mark Lazeth tagged to say, Dutch lasagna is made in a Dutch oven frying pot. Ah, well, that sounds delightful. That sounds delightful. Lord Toth, what's up? How's McCarthy? Been watching old Elvis Presley movies on Hulu and HBO Max. 
But the one I recommend the most is one I own called Charo. It's the only one he doesn't sing in and takes it seriously. Interesting. I did not know that he had a, a serious drama, non-musical, under his belt. It's a very interesting premise. Curezilla in the chat. What's going on, Curezilla? Thank you very much for being in the chat. Miss Minnesota Hockey Fan says, Watching Return of the King. Hey, I don't blame you. Watching Return of the King. It's definitely a much better film to watch, for sure. Sherry Allen, what's going on, Sherry? Thanks for being here. One Commandment is also in the chat. Hail to you, One Commandment. Thank you very much for hanging out today. Keck44 in the chat. What's up? Soul Assassin, of course, hanging out as well. Rob D. Tag to say, did you see that She-Hulk is now the lowest rated anything in terms of Rotten Tomatoes audience score, even lower than in humans? Uh, is that just of all TV shows or of just anything that exists on Rotten Tomatoes? It's hard for me to believe that because as bad as She-Hulk is, I definitely think that there are some worse things out there um, as far as maybe like movies are, are concerned, but it wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me, to say the very least. Curzilla posting some of the emotes that they have. Indeed, enjoy those. I wish that it was a little bit... They, they were a little bit bigger in size on YouTube, but for some reason... For some reason, it don't. Tina Bojan, what's going on? Welcome, Gus. Tagged to say hello. Miss Minnesota Hockey Fan said, Canceled Netflix a while ago, and yeah, more, more, more power to you. More power to you. I, I would likely finally pull the plug if if the wife finally said, yeah, you know what, we're going to give up on it. Because, again, it's one thing for me to say, hey, reasons, and then the other for me to act without having the conversation with her. But then when having the conversation with her, clearly she has shows that she watches. And so, again, happy wife, happy life. We have to sometimes use our prudential judgment. When it comes to decisions like these, it's similar to the, hey, I don't want to support China, and so I'm going to boycott China, and then you realize, oh, I pretty much can't buy any technology because almost everything that exists that's a technological uh, component, whether it be a, a speaker, a, a drive, right, a, a thumb drive, uh, a Blu-ray, anything like that, at some point, these elements were at one point taken in certain some ways in certain fashions from either China, in China either it was manufactured there or some of the <laughs> or some of the pieces parts and components were were manufactured there so that's where i kind of stand on this obviously very differing scenario but that's kind of how i stand where i i try to pick my battles where where i can go so for instance I um, not only gave up social media because of the impact it was having on me uh, mentally and and uh, spiritually, but also it was something that I had always desired to give up because I just hate these giant tech social media companies, and so it was an opportunity for me to do so, and I was able to you know weigh all of the different elements to that decision, and ultimately found that it was the best decision, uh, you know. For, for me health-wise uh, and just also in general to, to get off of of those uh, of you know to get off of those platforms so Gus says it's a quick cash grab I am lukewarm on Cobra uh, on Cobra past season two but a true waste if they don't tie it into a movie yeah absolutely especially if you're gonna make a movie you gotta tie it in 
Otherwise, yeah, it's a complete cash grab and it's it's completely a waste of everything. Um, yeah, I mean, Cobra Kai season one is fantastic, but all the other seasons are still good. You know, like to me, it's like saying, okay, uh, if Cobra Kai season one is a filet mignon, then the other seasons are still really well, really well tasty, well cooked to your taste. Uh, other cuts of steak, right? Cheaper cuts of steak, but still cuts of steak and are still made very well. That would be my comparison. And I think that there's some elements within each of the seasons that have uh, that filet mignon um, capacity to them, as I can say. A bunch of, I bet I've just made a bunch of people really, really hungry. Uh, let's see. Abomination over on Odyssey. Tag to say, I see no less than 7 million movies behind you, so I guess you digitize 7 million movies, you champ. Side note, I'm terrible at estimating things by sight. Yeah, it's definitely not 7 million. However... I do appreciate it nonetheless. King Kane over on Rumble says, how can they keep losing money like this? Well, especially, let's use Amazon as the example. Think about how much money they make per month from not just Prime Video subscribers, but general Prime, right? How many people have Amazon Prime? Tons of people, even people who have issues with Amazon, right? Say, you know what, I need I, I need to have these elements because of the fast shipping and the convenience factor of that, maybe because they have a business they have to run, and, and it's just something that they have to be able to do. Um, it could also be that, and again, this is how I personally use Amazon, because there's different ways to use it. I have Amazon Smile, which means that every purchase I make, a smaller portion of that goes to support a charity of my choosing. Uh, for me, I go, I, the, the charity that I choose is to help uh, wounded people uh, veterans, right? So Wounded Warriors Foundation. So that's one of the ways that I tried to say, okay, I'm, I'm utilizing something in this capacity in this way, trying to create a good from it. And, uh, and this is something that comes about from it, right? But just think of how many people use Amazon Prime. Think about how many people uh, utilize that service. We're, we're talking about, again, multiple billions of dollars. So when you have a giant corporation like that, yeah, guess what? They can lose that money. And also think of it in this way as well, right? You spend a billion dollars on a show, even if you don't make your money back, you still make something back. And so for them, it's not a billion dollar loss. It's more of a, oh, maybe a, a half a billion. To, I, I don't know the actual metrics for this show because when it comes to streaming, being able to figure out exactly how much monetary value is within these shows where they actually get money. Is it just from new subscribers for subscribers that they hold on to because of the show? It's very tricky. It's very messy, which is why I don't dive into those numbers because it would probably make my head explode. But the fact is, is that when you have all the money in the world, it means that you can essentially throw it away um, is the sad truth. Wish we could be in that position um, as individuals, because I'm sure we would be able to spend it on things much more well worth the actual money versus this show that we have in Rings of Power. But, hey, unfortunately, it is what it is. Let's see. Michael Brommer, what's going on? Welcome. Keely Chow says, isn't the woman uh, king glorifying slavery? I wouldn't say necessarily that it's glorifying slavery. Essentially, um, again, I have not seen the film, so I cannot speak to this directly. But what I can say is that the story is about a tribe, and this tribe is notorious for having enslaved their neighbors. And having also killed said slaves in certain situations, sold those slaves into the transatlantic slave trade. So basically, with people 
who they are now trying to, you know, fight again. What you get from the trailer is they are viewing the white colonizers who are trying to take Africa from them as the evil ones. When in reality, it seems to me at the very least, based on the history, that, well, they were involved in the slave trade. And so even though there might be some evil intentions on the side of the people coming in, we can also still look to the fact that that does not make uh, make these female warriors in this specific tribe that we're dealing with somehow now angels that we can just gloss over their darker past. But it seems that that's what the movie does based on what I've heard about it is that it mentions it, but it kind of glosses over it with instead the focus being made on the big bad. And it's of course the white invaders as it were. So it's not necessarily glorifying it. It's more so uh, hiding the evil that is being perpetuated and, and was perpetuated by this specific tribe while at the same time trying to overstate the evil malice of the group uh, that they are fighting against, as it were. Basically, a type of revisionist history. Trying to say that, oh, though this people, they, they are, these are the evil ones. We, you know, hey, yeah, we did some bad things, but uh, not as bad as this. Uh, Tina Bojan says, and their slave trading didn't stop until the British Navy began an embargo against it in 1851. There's another uh, fun fact for you as well. So this group that was involved with the slave trade was forced to stop by, by all people by the British Navy. Who would have thunk? Who would have thunk? <laughs> uh, it's ridiculous. Anyway, Kirzilla, who is a member, says, Not to beat a dead horse, but again, Chris Gore was pushing She-King even after being told what their true history was. Too many margaritas, I guess. Yeah, I mean, even people like me or Chris Gore or Gary or any of us, right, can have bad takes. Some of us more than others. And uh, Chris Gore apparently has defended She-Hulk from what people have told me and is now also defending this. Now, I will say... Chris Gore is much more of a uh, a filmaholic, or I, I don't know exactly the word that I'm trying to look for with it. He seems to be someone that cares more about the actual like visual experience, more of the technical nature of movies. So, at least that's how it comes across to me. So, maybe it's that in his defense of the film, he's trying to say, the movie, it looks really good, it, it's, it's made very well, etc. And so, that's how he is able to get past the glaring historical inaccuracies and, and the glaring agenda items. I don't know, right? That's just me speculating here on what very little information I actually have in front of me. I don't know exactly what argument you can make for She-Hulk because it doesn't have potentially that. Based on the fact that I have seen She-Hulk, I can say it does not have any type of uh, objective value to any of its elements, whether it be writing, acting, cinematography, or uh, visual effects. Like, none of those things are there. Um, so, you know, even I could say, do I think that the Woman King has the potential to have a good cinematography, well-framed shots, things like that? I could see that. Doesn't take away the fact that there's some issues going on uh, with, with some crucial elements of the story. Uh, let's see, Abomination, time to say, I think merch also plays a part into that. Like if Mandalorian lost them $100 million, the sale of toys and Baby Yoda stuff would probably make up the rest in eventual profit. Yeah, and that's the other thing too, right? Sometimes uh, people get into the comics section on my box office videos, for instance, and they'll try and say, well, you're not taking into account this. 
And usually it's to try to say the break-even number for a movie is bigger than what um, than what is being indicated by my charts. The problem, though, is that if you're going to nitpick in that way to say, oh, it costs a lot more, okay. So if you're going to play the game, let's then say, all right, how many products are placed in that movie? Do we know how much money they actually got from those product placements? If we do, okay, let's offset then that amount of money. Okay, now we start to also go into some other revenue streams that all of these movies and all of these studios have, whether it be from IP, whether it just be from... Uh, the use of that IP through merchandising, etc. And remember that it's the licensing that is is being is being taken care of here, and not necessarily individual sale of product. So, okay, if you really want to go down that rabbit hole, we can. It's just not going to end up looking good uh, for for you, or if I were to say the opposite for me either. So that's why ultimately I stick with the numbers that are available to us, and I say. That's why this film is likely a flop. This is why this film is likely a success based on the numbers and the data that are currently available. Hopefully that makes some sense. Uh, Manders, what is going on? Welcome. Let's see. Bruce trying to say timestamp 717. It's 720 actually when you made this comment. says, AC is back on. AC guy ran new wires, installed new breaker, and I was happy to shell out the $150 cash it cost me. $150 for AC to be fixed? That's actually not bad. That's actually not terrible. Uh, my, my church actually has been without air conditioning for the last few months. Yes, that's right. The summer months. Uh, it's been very hot and very uncomfortable. Unfortunately. However, luckily, some of the units are now on, and apparently the, the church is now cold again, or cool again at least. They're still waiting on some of the parts to fix the other uh, AC units, but I'm very excited to know that tomorrow it'll be cooler and not just hot. <laughs> All right. Let's see. James Early says, Sargon and the Lotus Eaters taught me about the Dahomey. And they were evil, and how the Woman King is funny in how optically bad it is. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and I think that what I've seen, because, again, I'm off social media, so I've only seen what was shared on Friday Night Tights and from what others have you know, screen captured and posted maybe on the Discord server, it seems very clear that there is actually a backlash going on, that there does seem to be almost an awakening of people saying, oh... They're attacking this movie, and I'm being told, right, the the media and Twitter and the social media companies, they're going to tell you, and all the bots, of course, are going to tell you that it's because of racists that are attacking the film because it, it's, it's led by a woman of color. However, they will then also find out more about what is actually being said and say, oh, that can't be true. Let me check it out, and then realize, oh, oh, no, 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 actually, this is true about the Dahomey tribe. And there's this stuff that they did. And, oh boy, that that's really bad. <laughs> and it sounds like some people are actually waking up to it. So, again, I think we could absolutely say that there are some good, some good coming from this movie. And then if that means even just a few people, even just a few people can wake up to truth, hey, glad to see that at least some people can change. All righty then. Thank you all again for hanging out in the chat. Laura, the Mono Major General, says, Viola Davis is great in the TV show How to Get Away, Get Away with Murder, but the series faded after the first season. Yeah, it looked intriguing enough, and the only reason why I had any, any desire to check it out was because of Viola Davis. The premise of the show I had no interest in, though, so I ended up not giving it a shot. 
Uh, let's see. Master Gaming says, it's, is it Taraji P. Henson who you're talking about because I enjoyed her in Minions Rise of Gru? No, it is not Taraji P. Henson. I don't have an issue with her. I actually thought that she did a pretty good job in um, Hidden Figures. It, again, it was someone who I think is a model or a comedian or something like that. Um, either way, it just it's not good. See, Alaric, time to say, for hundreds of years before the discovery of the America's West Africa kingdoms, provided slaves to the Arab Muslim world, and historically, 90% of African slaves were traded to the Arab Muslims. Might also explain why there is a large portion of African uh, uh, people who have African ties also having ties to, to Islam. Just Just a thought. Maybe. Just maybe. Could be a part of it at the very least. All right, chat is about to jump on me like it always does. Again, please smash that like button. We do have a sasa super chat to get to. Uh, Jun Wong, what's going on? Thank you very much for tagging, saying, Hey, Odin, how much super chat for you to stick a plunger on your head and then pull it off to make a pop sound? Sigh, I am bald too. Um, well, I, I would need time to get a brand new never used plunger. Because uh, th- there's no amount of money f- for me to use one of the ones in my house. Because I at least have some dignity left. And I at least have some standards left. Uh, <laughs> but. Um, I don't know. I, I wouldn't put a price on that, to be perfectly honest. Because, yeah. I'm not really that kind of a guy. I'm not really that kind of a guy. Abomination over on Odyssey says, Watch the Woman King be the biggest 40 chess move to wake people up and realize they've been lied to and used. Yeah. What if it ends up being one of those things? Because it's getting so much praise from, you know, audience or supposedly from audiences and critics, depending on the site that you're looking at. So theoretically, it might actually be a film that gets a lot of Oscars recognition. And uh, if it puts more eyeballs on it and it gets re-released and stuff like that, guess what? Yeah, more and more people start to realize, wait a minute, there's something else going on here that is not quite up to the standard that that we have been told about up to this point in time, at the very least. James Hurley, Tad to say, thoughts on Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio looks better than the Disney Plus garbage. Yeah, I know that it's been in the works for a while. I, I think it's a little bit of a darker tone to the actual story. I think it's, I believe Pinocchio is, like many things from Disney, something that was based off of a previous story, which was not nearly as lighthearted, had a little bit more darker themes to it. And I think del Toro's probably, if that is true, again, I'm assuming that, would then go on to play into those themes a little bit more. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I haven't seen the new one. I, I, what I will say is this much. I have not seen the new Pinocchio, and I keep hearing it called woke garbage. The only issue I have with that is if the only thing that people are using as proof of that is the fact that the fairy godmother character is played by a black woman... I don't think that's really enough. I, 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 again, that's just that's just from my own perspective on that. I don't think that that one change alone. It's what they do with those changes, right? Are there lines that are now being said? Are there lines that have been cut because they're trying to keep away from some of the non-PC elements that may have been in the first one? Or are they adding things in that add more to the actual 
you know, typical SJW uh, identity politics driven narratives. Um, those are the types of things that I would want to look more so into. Not necessarily just one of the uh, casting shows. I'm not saying that's the thing that is the reason why people are calling it, but I don't think that that specific point is is enough to to call it all a disaster necessarily. Uh, I refuse to watch it because I have no desire to watch it because it looks just like a, a giant nonsensical story. Uh, Laura, yeah, and that's why I was not talking about Taraji Henson because I do agree she was great in Hidden Figures. Um, yeah, I, I thought that Hidden Figures was a very underrated movie, in fact. There was only one issue with one of the characters that I, that I disagreed with. Uh, again, only one of the characters that uh, the actress I just cannot stand. It was one of her friends, and um, again, I I, for, I don't know her name. I don't really care enough to to look it up either. So, <laughs> uh, let's see, Keely Chow, what's going on, David L? Try to say, will you get Rings of Power on 4K or just Blu-ray when it comes out? Ah you're so funny, David L. Nope, not not buying it at all. Why would I buy it when I can just watch these episodes, suffer through them once, and actually, you know what, get a nice little nap out of it in in, in the process? That's another positive that I could say coming from, from this show, at least, is, hey, gets me a nice little nap. Let's see, Alark says, the reason Arab world didn't have their own population of African slaves is they have always castrated the men they brought from West Africa. Ooh. Oh, boy. Garrett of Wexx had to say, just watch some cyberpunk edge runners on Netflix. Surprisingly okay for non-anime fans like me. Interesting. <laughs> James Hurley has the same comment or a similar comment right after. Uh, the only TV show, uh, good TV show that has released cyberpunk edge runners on Netflix. It's really good, unlike She-Hulk and Rings of Power. Well, as I said, Cobra Kai, that's still freshly released. That show is phenomenal. If you go back a little ways, Reacher is fantastic as well. Gave some initial thoughts about that last episode. And what I say is that I think the episode... I don't think the episode, the last episode of Reacher, ends as strongly as it should. I like the mystery element of the show, how you're finding out more and more about what is actually going on in this town. Why is it that Reacher's brother went to this location? What was going on behind the scenes? Um, where was the money actually flowing? All that stuff was so well done, and it was so interesting. And that actor that played Reacher did a phenomenal job. Now, I do have, of course, some of the issues with it, which is, again, there's the romance between him and the cop, and I thought that that romance made sense. But just like with most things, they showed a little bit too much. They didn't really need to show, right? <laughs> again, less is more as I am, am common to say, because it's a fact that it's, it's true. But also, when it comes to the ending of the show, I do have some beef because the show kind of ends and Reacher is, is a drifter and it has no real setup whatsoever for anything else, which I guess is okay if you were expecting it to just be a, a standalone story as a season, even if they do have that sequel uh, season coming out. Uh, based on another, uh, you know, another one of the, uh, of of the books and and things like that, but I don't know. It, it just was a very anticlimactic ending. I would have liked to have seen them set up something. Um, I know that it's a very common thing for modern Hollywood to do with all of their shows and movies, no matter how good or bad they are. But it would have been nice to see that happen because instead it just is like, oh, he's hitchhiking and that's all there is. Okay. 
it ends okay because that the the problem with that is even though it leaves you with a complete story it also leaves the audience saying oh i don't know what to look forward to now i know that i like this episode or rather i know that i liked this series and i like this 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 first season but now there's nothing that i have to say oh i can't wait to find out how this you know pans out as it were Different than something like Cobra Kai, where the ending of Cobra Kai, you're like, oh man, things are going to get really fun in the next season, right? I think there's ways in which you can end a series or you can end a season within a series to be able to not only close off that individual story contained within a season, but also be able to set up and, and give some of the fans something to chew on in the meantime while they wait. So that's my general thoughts about the uh, first season of Reacher. Very solid show, very well done, a lot of fun. But as I said, uh, issue with the very last episode, really with the last scenes of the last episode, don't think it gives us as fans a lot to really look look into and to look forward to. And then as far as the uh, nudity sexuality, there's some moments in the show where, again, they, they show more than what they would have need to to get the same message across and uh yeah y'all all know my thoughts about that in general rowdy says she hulk is the lowest rated anything in terms of mc movies and tv shows so that still doesn't necessarily answer my question so is that meaning out of all just mcu movies and shows or like out of all tv shows out of all movies if it's just the mcu i would believe that would absolutely believe that um, because yeah, MCU has had some terrible things, but She-Hulk is, is by far, I think the worst thing that the MCU specifically has done as far as the, the TV side of it is concerned. Uh, Kaylee Chow steak is good. Yes, it is. Absolutely. It is. So hopefully everyone was able to catch my reference on that. Just another red shirt says, I'm going to have to send you, uh, Emerald Legacy recipe of Salisbury steak. This would give you a whole new analogy for steak. Interesting. Kili Chow, what movie or show would you compare pizza with pineapple on it to? She-Hulk. Because it's an abomination. It is an absolute abomination. Uh, in fact, what, what I can say is that uh, She-Hulk, and I don't know why I haven't done this officially yet, but for She-Hulk, I got, I got news for you, She-Hulk. You leave me no choice but to declare you... Excommunicado. You left me no choice. You left me no choice, She-Hulk, but to declare you excommunicado because it's just downright awful. All right. Brightburn85. I literally divided Meta's Facebook on the James Bond 007 group by saying Skyfall is my favorite James Bond film, but it doesn't have my favorite Bond actor. Oh, you divided the Facebook itself. Interesting. Okay, Brightburn. Yeah, that could definitely have an impact for sure. Definitely have an impact for sure. Speaking of 007, I'm very, very hyped and excited for 007 GoldenEye is officially going to be released on the Switch for those that have the N64 emulator on it, and and I cannot wait. And also the Switch apparently is going to have the online play for uh, of the multiplayer. Oh, that, that could be a lot of fun. It's sad it's only four players, but could be a lot of fun. That'd be a fun thing to do, like, on a random weekend, as it were. YouTube me, what is going on? Welcome. All right, over on 
Rumble. What's going on, Rumble people? King Kane is still hanging out over there. Thank you for being active in the chat over there, King Kane. You're awesome. Says, serious question, not joking. Is the Pope Catholic? Um, In the general sense of the word, yes. Uh, The Pope is the vicar of Christ, right? Is the head of the church on earth. Though, of course, Christ is king. Christ is the ultimate head. Um, As far as this specific Pope is concerned... Uh, I, I pray for his conversion every single day is the best that I could describe uh, because I do think that there are some problems at the very least with some of the things that are said and how they are said, which very much go up against uh, orthodoxy. And that's a big problem. That's a big problem. When you're starting to go against uh, what you find in scripture and tradition, right? The foundations of the faith, you, you got problems, especially when that's coming from the Pope. Anyway, uh, Kirzilla had to say, I heard one of the cast referred to the woman in She-King as superheroes. Glorifying people like that is horrible. Yeah, that that is absolutely horrible. So the fact that the cast is trying to gloss over, and that's what I think the movie ultimately is going to be, is it's going to be simply a glossing over of this very dark part of their history, Right? Is that, oh, well, we didn't ignore it. We, we have it referenced, right? It's there. But that's not the same thing as going into the details of, oh, you're just trying to make another story. We've already got a plethora of these about how evil white people are when it comes to slavery. When you actually had an opportunity to take a much more nuanced approach, which is to say, hey, let's talk about all of the elements here. And let's present these female warriors not as heroes and not as amazing people, but rather as, hey, a very unique portrayal, a very unique group of women in history that really has no other equal in, in most respects, but existed within an evil culture and within, within an evil tribe that did evil things. You know, there is a way to be more nuanced about it, but unfortunately when it comes to Hollywood for them, again, it's all about the agenda. It's all about the way in which the information is being presented, and they will do pretty much anything and everything to try and hide or try to uh, basically gloss over things that should be uh, downright condemned. Uh, Fuzzy, what is going on? Welcome. Let's see. Mark says, oh, no, I just saw some news speculating that Comcast might be interested in buying Warner Discovery. How many times is this going to happen? I mean, didn't Discovery just recently acquire Warner Brothers and are making changes? Like, that to me is way too soon for another company to get in on the top of it. It just doesn't make any sense. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Odin Rosary King says, awesome one. Absolutely. Alice McCarthy says, As the king of bad takes, I can't stand She-Hulk. It was painful trying to do my video review of it. Yes, that is where we get... That is where the true value of Alex McCarthy comes into play because when he dislikes something, you know it has to be bad. Abomination over on Odyssey says, Episode 1, Bruce says, Spandex is your best friend. Episode whatever, She-Hulk still has suits that don't fit. Just give her a spandex business suit already. Yes, and... Also, in the most recent episode, for those that, that missed it, because I can understand why you would want to skip over it, here's the thing. She goes to, or, or basically her good friend, who knows people in the industry, knows a guy, is able to somehow get her in to see this very top secret person that literally makes 
costumes for superheroes. Now, how this independent person exists, how, how there isn't something else that's actually more closely tied to the actual uh, Avengers, right, for instance, or other things, I don't know. But yeah, they have this underground fashionista guy who is is well known for making the, the, the suits for superheroes. Again, it's just another one of these dumb subplots in this show. And, uh, and, and yeah, that, that question is, is, is very clearly brought up because, yeah, you need something that expands. She says, literally, I need something that can expand and fit both of my bodies, right? Both me as, as She-Hulk and me as, as, as my regular everyday self. And, uh, yeah. Now, had she just listened to her cousin, maybe then she wouldn't be having this issue. But seems like a very long way to go. Seems like a very long way to go. To, 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 to pull that nonsense off. Garrett says, fun fact, Britain owned, uh, rather, Britain borrowed 40% of its GDP to free slaves. We, i.e. my taxes, only just finished paying it back in 2015. Dang. Dang, dang, dang. But hey, you will never hear people stop talking about the imperialistic nature of the British Empire. <laughs> Straw man, what's going on? Welcome back to the chat. Appreciate you. Again, if you have a comment or question, put at Odin at the very beginning of your comment. At Odin lets me know that you're trying to get my attention. Becky Twig in the chat. Hail to you. Thank you very, very much. Think a tech player just broke a leg. Oh, is there football going on? Is there is there some college football or something like that going on? I wouldn't know. I don't watch the stuff. Wouldn't watch the stuff. Not my cup of tea. Not my cup of tea. All right, chat has jumped on me like it always does because that's just the way things go. Let us see if anything is going on over on the Rumble. King Kane says, does She-Hulk smash mean something different than Hulk smash? In the more recent episodes, I would probably say yes because in the more recent episodes, what is it that we have seen? Oh, I've made a profile as myself. No one cares. I've now made a profile as She-Hulk. And now all of the weirdos are coming out of the woodwork to try to talk about, or rather to try to, to get with me. And she is clearly using them. Again, it's one of these weird dynamics where they will call out and they will basically portray all of the men in the show as being misogynistic, sexist pigs. But then when she does something that is of the same caliber, oh, it's justified. It's, it's the, again, it's incredibly, incredibly done. So, 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 so bad. All right. Uh, awesome one. Time to say, I guess you didn't, didn't need the hellfire and brimstone preaching for a couple of months. No, it was actually joked about, uh, a couple of times from, uh, in the homily. Fuzzy, time to say, I'll be honest. I forget the review, but I had strong difference than you and unsubbed, I believe, back then. Uh, but I'm back because I like hearing a different view, says Fuzzy. I wonder what it was for. I honestly don't remember. The only one that was recent that I made that people disagreed with and did unsub over was my, my take on House of Dragon. And I still strongly hold by the comments that I made about that show. Again, people seem to be forgetting, or I think a lot of people just didn't watch the actual video because it's not just about the 
presentation of, of incest in the show. It's not just about the presentation of sexuality, which is just so unnecessary. It's the fact that the show is being presented, the characters in the show are being presented as much younger than what they are, both in the show and in real life. They are being presented as as kids. They are being presented as teens. That is how they are visually being presented. So to see that, and then for them to go in the directions that they did with the characters is disturbing. Again, at an objectively moral level, there are some big problems that come up with that, and I have to condemn the show because of it. And I've heard every excuse in the book. Well, it's in the book, so it has to be talked about. And, well, you're just a prude. It's like, no, I'm just a guy looking at this disgusting crap and calling it out for the objective evil that it truly is. Because I'm trying to see it through the eyes of, hey, Hollywood knows exactly. The people behind the show know that the audience are viewing these girls as younger than what they are. And that, to me, is disturbing. That, to me, is the equivalent of the same rage and anger people had over things like cuties. I don't see why there's not at least half of the anger to be on the fair side of things. At least half of the anger over what happened in the most recent season. I think there's some hypocrisy there. But again, that is just my own personal take on that. I don't know if it was that, but I know that there are some disagreements. Let's see, Abomination over on Odyssey says, Feminists claim she don't need no man, and they complain that women need to wear makeup, disguise themselves, avoid tattoos or other body modifications. Then there's Jen's transforming her whole body just for men, and she's still unhappy because the men care about her fake self instead of her. Yes, it's almost as if maybe we need to view ourselves for our true intrinsic value, and maybe not be on these types of dating apps, especially the ones where you swipe left and you swipe right, and you try to garner or you try to you try to measure your own self-worth and self-value based on the number of matches or the number of likes or the number of retweets, etc. that you have. Maybe that is what we need to do, right? Maybe we need to take back a proper understanding of the value of the human person. Maybe that's what we need to do. But 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 what would I know? Right? What would I know? I'm just a dude talking to a camera on the internet with people watching. And thank you for watching. You guys are awesome. King Kane, thank you for holding up the fort over on Rumble. Hopefully everything is coming through okay for you. See, Victor Fontaine says, I saw a post that the Northman just broke even... Uh, with a video on demand physical media sales, wondering what your chart showed for that movie when it left theaters. Uh, yeah, I, I heard that, and I I personally, based off of, it's been a long time since I looked at that specific movie, I don't buy that on, on the surface, all right? Let me see if I can try to find, because uh, again, it's been a while since that movie came out. So, let's see. The Northman. I must find a Northman. Because it, it had a long way to go, just to, to, to put it lightly. All right. There is Northman. So, it had made only 0. 0.8, uh, 0.8 of its budget. So, a film needs to make 2.5 times its budget. Uh... So the last number I had in for the Northman was $67 million. Let me go ahead and look up the numbers.com because uh, that, the other issue is that for 
um, PVOD sales. I personally don't know of any trustworthy source on actual verifiable data on PVOD sources. Not to mention, it isn't abundantly clear how much money they actually receive, depending on the platform that they're on, because it, it could be uh, it could be different depending on the platform that they're on. Um, I don't know why this isn't showing up for some reason on the numbers. So anyway, yeah, but the last number I had in there was $67 million. Why is this not working? Oh my goodness. Why are you being so silly? Please don't make me have to actually go and (laughs) use box office mojo because I really don't want to. I really don't want to. Uh, Of course, I misspelled it, and then that's not going to work out either. Come on, the numbers. You're normally the place that I go to. Okay, so the film actually ended around $69 million according to the numbers. So it was $78 million in the red. It needed to make... Was that two hundred million dollars? Yeah, it needed to make two hundred million dollars worldwide to break even. It only made sixty nine million. Based off of the numbers, it's made two point three million in total video sales. That's DVD, Blu-ray sales. I don't know what the figures are specifically for PVOD. Again, unless you can have a verified source that gives me an actual real number and you give me a breakdown of how much the studio takes versus how much the uh, h- how much the provider takes. I don't see how you get to two hundred million dollars from that. Again, in theaters, it was sixty nine million dollars, so it would have made su- it would need to have made one hundred and thirty million dollars on PVOD and on DVD Blu Ray sales. On the numbers that I'm seeing, I'm not seeing that. On the numbers that I'm looking at, I don't see that. So yeah, I heard that. I I again it would be nice if it was true. I personally was not a big fan of the Northman. I think I think it was very overrated by a lot of people. But uh, it, it was definitely not a terrible movie. But I don't see where those numbers come from. Because yeah, if you, if you're only getting sixty nine million dollars in theaters, I don't see how you can how you then get a hundred and thirty million dollars after the fact. This close to its release. I mean, I mean, if we're talking like, you know, four or five years from now, okay, maybe that would make sense. But yeah, it, it does not sound like <laughs> I'm wondering if maybe he was trying to say, oh, we made the money that we spent on the mo- on the money. You know, we made the monies that we spent on the movie back. Right. If they said they made one hundred million dollars when everything was said and done. Okay. 30 million from PVOD Blu-ray 4K sales. I I would believe that. But that's a disingenuous topic because they don't get 100% of the receipts from the box office. I'm pretty sure they don't get 100% receipts from PVOD sales or from 4K Blu-ray sales either. And then you have to take into account marketing costs too. So it definitely sounds to me like, again, unless someone could show me the actual numbers that show the 130 million it would need to break even... It sounds like wherever that story has come from, it's a lot of bunk. 
it says that it's a lot of bunk. Uh, see, over on Odyssey, Abomination says, I was actually planning on seeing the Northmen in theaters, but the theaters near me are self-destructive and maintain the moronic requirements. Ah, oh, boo. Yeah. I, I don't blame you for skipping it for that reason. That's a good reason to skip up on it. Uh, King Kane over on Rumble says, Live streams are actually quite solid for me on Rumble, including this one. Perfect. Glad to hear it. Yeah, I know Rumble's infrastructure is is definitely solid. So glad that someone can take advantage of it for sure. Let's see. Tina says, that freaking Pinocchio actual story is a horror story. The author had to do a sequel because the original story ended with Pinocchio hanging himself accidentally. Oh my goodness. Now, is that the direction that they're going to take? <laughs> G-Man says, we are all like little wooden boys. <laughs> what? Nightbreed, uh, Tad say, fun fact, the last American slave ship, the Clotilda, was loaded up in Dahomey. Their last victim, Matilda McCreer, died in 1940 in Alabama. Well, there you go. We'll get our... We'll get Rings of Power 8K, says Awesome One. Heck no. Lesser logic, what's going on? Welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Appreciate you very much for being here. Alice McCarthy Tad say, I've seen the new Pinocchio. Other than the race swap of the Blue Fairy, I don't recall anything woke. Just seemed like the cartoon. Yeah, that that's what it seemed like as well. But I think that... So basically, if the criticism is that it's woke, I don't really think there's a lot there. Whereas if the argument is it's not a good movie because it's a live-action portrayal of something that should not have been made a live-action portrayal of and the actual portrayals themselves by Tom Hanks and others and CGI being bad, those to me sound like more legitimate complaints than, oh, one of the characters was was race-swapped. Again, that, that that's just me. Miss Minnesota Hockey Fan says, Original Cinderella story is pretty brutal with the stepsisters cutting off parts of their feet just to get the... Oh, yeah. I, I've heard about that one before. Paul Fisher, Octavia Spencer. No, Octavia Spencer is phenomenal. I think she's an, a, she's the only one that people have not mentioned so far is the one that I don't like. I actually really like Octavia Spencer. I think she's an incredibly talented actress as well. <laughs> so, I guess there's only one option left. Oh, uh, lordy. Let us see. Again, if you have a comment or question on any of the platforms, just put at Ode in the very beginning of your comment. Let's be know you're trying to get my attention. Victor Fontaine says, uh, this is how the Reacher books end too, with him just walking off into the sunset or disappearing until he returns on in the next book. And that works within a book. I don't think it works as well in a uh, TV show. In, in TV shows, you uh, typically need to especially with the modern age of streaming, you need to be able to set up for something to get people excited for more, you know? And even though Reacher's first season gives you a lot to enjoy and therefore, by proxy, a lot to look forward to, I think that it also, because it ends on that note, doesn't end as strong as it could have, if that makes sense. Uh, yes, okay, Dan Blackroy just said in the live chat, Janelle Monet. yes, that is the one I'm talking about, all right? So, Janelle Monet. that's the one that we've been trying to get to this whole time. She's the actress where she's not talented, she gets the same performance in every film that she's ever in, and she's annoying as hell, both on screen and off the screen. Thank you very much. Finally, we got there, yeah, Janelle Monet. Anyway, Fred Farkle, what's going on? Tagged by Dragonbrick, say they lost the ability to write... 
long seasonal series. The current trend is for limited series, i.e. one or two seasons, and they are done. Yeah, with very few exception. I, I look to Vince Gilligan as being one of the only ones in Hollywood who could make it work. I have not watched Yellowstone, but I, I've heard that Taylor Sheridan is also one who can do this with uh, shows like his, one of which is Yellowstone, which I've heard good things about. Uh, let's see. Curazilla says, thoughts on the Constantine sequel that was just announced? I'm hopeful. I, I talked about that earlier in the show. Uh, I'm mixed on it because of the producers. Look at those producers, and you should have concerns. Uh, Fred Fargo, I say, just started sounds videoing my stakes changed my life? Wait. Just started Seuss? Seuss Viding? I don't know what that's supposed to say. Fuzzy, maybe She-Hulk could market a new wine and organic face mask of of them on the club and become profitable. Maybe. Maybe it could. Oh, man. Oh, man. All right. Let's see. Dragon Brick says, Disagreed pineapple on pizza. Uh, pineapple is good on pizza as long as it is accompanied by Canadian bacon. And uh, I would say, I will say nay-nay to that. However, I will t- take your comment and raise you one Canadian bacon. Uh, so shout out to MVD Visual. This was in the most recent set of movies they sent me. So even though this is unfortunately uh, directed <laughs> by Michael Moore, I've heard actually it's a good movie. I've heard good things about it. I mean, it's a film with John Candy. I can't imagine that a film with, with John Candy is, uh, is bad, but, uh, this does indeed feature, uh, Michael Moore as the director here. It's like the one thing that he did. That's actually pretty good. Um, though to be fair, Bowling for Columbine out of all his documentaries at the very least does raise some pretty interesting questions. And I think does do some things and, uh, uh, does do some things well. Um, but yeah, this was from MVD Visual. I got that in the mail just the other day. And in fact, I guess I can take a moment to, to share what I was sent all around. I was sent Checkered Ninja. Not silent, but absolutely deadly. That, that sounds creepy. That's on DVD. Either available now or available soon. I got the 4K for Drive, but not the Drive that you think. This is the one with Kadeem Hardison... Mark Dacascos uh, and Brittany Murphy. So, not the drive that you think of, but it's the 4K version of that. I then got A Fugitive from the Past from Tomi Uchidas. So, they like to send some of the obscure films from Arrow Video's release. Uh, Joan Crawford and Walter Houston in the film Rain. I don't know much about this. Tina might actually have some some thoughts about this. I've actually never seen it, but hey, young Joan Crawford in that. They always have these uh, these musical ones in here. Randy Rhodes, Reflections of a Guitar Icon. He looks a lot like Alice McCarthy. He looks a lot like Chris Jericho in this. <laughs> and so those were the most recent ones that I was uh, set from uh, MVD Visual. So shout out to them and to Arrow Video as well. Fred Farkle says agreed about the Pope. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. By the way, we had 90 watching at one point. Well, thank y'all. 
for, for watching tonight. We're at 81 still. Shout out to y'all. Thanks for, for the love and the support. Over on Rumble, King Kane says, Did you hear the rumor that Disney shoots the the Disney shoot almost all scenes multiple ways because they don't really write a story? Sounds expensive if true. Actually, to be honest, that would make complete sense because why do you think their budgets for almost every film they do, including animation, is over $200 million or between $100 and $200 million? That would make much more sense if they are having that much time spent on filming, if they are rendering those kinds of effects multiple times, hey, that, that balloons up over time. Brightburn, I think The Shining is a pretty good movie, but it's a poor adaptation of Stephen King's work, but if that makes sense. Absolutely. Absolutely correct. Yeah. Uh, Garrett of Wessex says, that dark part went on long before U.S. Europe turned up and still persists to this day. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, let's us see. So Tina, the comment that was being made was that there was a rumor that Comcast was looking to buy uh was looking to buy them. Uh specifically the dis- uh, the new version which is Discovery Warner, right? Discovery owns Warner. Um so that was apparently what was being said. I, I don't know if that was from a, a conversation that y'all were having back and forth in the chat or not, but the, the comment was not about Comcasting owning Warner Brothers, but more so Comcast somehow now being interested in it, if that makes sense. So, again, I don't know if that was true. That's just what someone had said. So, All right, chat has jumped on me like it always does. Again, thank y'all very, very much for the love and for the support. Yeah, exactly. Warner Brothers was purchased by Discovery. That part, that uh, the the part that AT and T do. Yeah, that yeah, that's what I was saying. So uh, I think the person though who had commented was just saying that they uh, had heard that Comcast was interested in purchasing the new conglomeration, which is the Discovery Warner Brothers, Warner Media connection. So I think that's what it was. And then Tina said, bye. Okay, uh, Tina, hopefully you are okay. Uh, live chat 70B says, Tina had to leave, take care of her eye. Uh, Tina praying for you. Hope that you are feeling okay and pray that uh, pray that you heal up quickly. In Disguise says, meet me. What's going on in Disguise? Thank you very much for being here. Tad to say, so what topic are we ignoring tonight and talking about something else? We're not ignoring any of the topics. <laughs> what are you talking about in disguise? We talk about all of the topics. We may not talk about them in official segments, um, but we do talk about it. We have talked about Woman King, and uh, we have talked about its, I believe we talked about its box office. We talked about Jack Reacher and, and uh, rather, Reacher and Jack Ryan and Rings of Power. We've, we've talked about all the subjects. I guess the one thing that I can add is that uh, The Woman King is projected to make $18 million domestically this weekend. It is a film that costs $50 million to make, which means that the break-even point for the film is $125 million. So depending on how well or not well it does internationally, uh, if we're looking at a $30 million worldwide start, could spell trouble, especially if more and more people begin to wake up to the fact that this movie is apparently glossing over some important historical facts and information. So there you go. Now, now all of the topics have actually been been covered. We, of course, talk about all the topics, and 
a, a plethora of other related topics, or at least we try to keep them related. Don, Don Mason, what's going on? Uh, over on Odyssey, what's going on, Odyssey fam? We is in the chat over there. Thank you for being here. We tried to say, I heard the whole story of Pinocchio was changed for the worse, like the reasons he lies, why he wants to be a real boy, character building events all trashed. And that, to me, is where you definitely go after the story, right? So, and again, the main point of what I was trying to say is that if you're just looking at just the one character change, that, to me, is not enough to say it's, you know, woke garbage. Whereas, hey, the things that you just mentioned, hey, if the actual characterization is being changed, if the motivations of the characters are being changed, and you're having those types of extreme uh, uh, meddling, as it were... That is when I would say you, you start to cross into that territory. We says, I looked up Windows 11 disable updates on QWant and found multiple articles about how to do it. Ah, well, thank you very much, We. Um, let me know. Let me know if you have a link that you could possibly send through the Discord. 860 Saiyan says, I'm black but could care less about the Woman King movie nor do I have any intentions of wanting to watch a female-led movie. I'm tired of virtue signaling coming from Hollywood. Yeah, amen, amen, man. I think that a lot of people are feeling the same way. I think a lot of people are starting to feel the same way and starting to wake up to that fact. And that's why if we could say any positive thing about any of this nonsense that we're seeing, I think that it's very important for us to recognize, right, to be able to, to recognize that, it might be waking slowly but surely some people up. You know? Some people up. Uh, 70B asks, how do you not watch football? <laughs> how do you dudes not watch football? I, I, I've just, uh, again, when it comes to college football especially, I've just never had any desire or interest. I feel like it's something that you're 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 kind of born into. Like if it's something that your family does or your your friends do, you get into it. But if you're just outside of it, you might jump into it because of other things, maybe because of your friends or other things like it. But yeah, for me, I've just never, I've just never understood it. Never really understood it. Let's see. Kurozilla, to say the film does tackle that subject. Davis's Nanzica objects to King's practice of selling war prisoners to slavery and advocates for a different policy. Direct quote in a Hollywood Reporter. <laughs> don't you love that it's like hey she does object to the practice and advocates for for a different policy it's like wait a minute if that's how they're attacking the subject it's just that one quote good good grief which is a historical fallacy according to kirzilla so not only is that what they're trying to use to explain how the movie tackles it it's also apparently not even accurate sounds like modern day hollywood Fudge asks, how do you feel about the upcoming One Piece movie? Never seen One Piece, so can't say I have much of a desire for it. Uh, Jun Wong says, I blame all of the swipe app social media BS on Steve Jobs. He gave the smartphone to dumb people who can't code to become influencers. That's definitely a big part of it. I would say he definitely plays a major role in it, but ultimately we also can, by extension, look to the various social media companies, but then we also can't ever forget to turn the mirror at ourselves because we feed into this, right? We feed into this. Super says they did not provide a figure, but the head of focus features was the one who claimed PVOD made the Northman profitable. Okay. Then super, I'm going to go ahead and call BS right away. 
if the head of the company is saying, hey, everything's fine, without providing any actual data, then uh, I, I call BS. What likely happened is that they made $30 million or so from all of these things together because that matches the budgets of the film or gets close to matching the budget of the film. Uh, they then say, hey, look, it made more than its budget. Ergo, we're successful. Which just, again, ignores the money that they would have, in addition, spent on marketing and ignore how they don't get 100% of those receipts. So, uh, yeah, that, that sounds like a bunch of... B- again, it sounds like a typical Hollywood Studios response to criticism and to what we call out on a weekly basis here on OMB Reviews when we do our box office breakdowns. That's what it sounds like to me. Because I don't see them making $130 million in PVOD sales after making only $70 million at the back. Again, not over a short period of time. Like, where were all the people who were, you know, again, I, I don't see that at all. One commandment, tag to say, so much talk, outrage about sexualizing kids in movies, teachers, cartoons, drag shows, now in House of Dragon, it was in my face, no thanks, I would like to see some pushback. Yeah, I would too, right? Again, people, if, if, we're, if we're going to call this stuff out, if we're going to call this stuff, this, this stuff out in other things, whether it be movies, TV, uh, real life, we, we got to be consistent with it. Because if, if your justification is simply going to be, well, you know, in the books it happens, or, oh, well, in the books they're of age, or, well, the actresses, they're of age in real life, it's like, no, 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 no. These details matter. How are they being presented in the show? They're being presented as young children, as young teens. If you can somehow point to how any of those sequences is not showing them as looking very young... Well, well before the age of them having children and, and having these types. Again, if that's the argument that you're going to make, you, you have a long way to go to be able to visually show that. Because that, that's where the argument's coming from for me. Is that they are visually presenting these children as younger. And I do call even quote-unquote adults who are 18, 19 years old. Or when they shot this, 17, 18, 19 years old children I, I i would say then that again when you are still presenting them as being younger through makeup through characterizations etc and then you go ahead and then also portray them in these various ways explicitly that is the line i'm talking about that is the line that i'm talking about and i am very saddened i'm very saddened that there aren't more people who are talking about it and calling it out. So, and I, I pray, I pray for those people to to be able to see it for a, a wide variety of reasons. Fred Farkle says, "Sous vide, uh, vacuum seal steaks, put them in water bath." That doesn't sound good at all. Jonathan Redshirt says, that would require abandoning the lore from the source material. I'm not sure that would be an improvement for Reacher. How How so? No, 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 no. So, so here's the thing, Jonathan Redshirt. My criticism with, with Reacher, if you're talking about the ending, it's like, okay, here's the thing. No show or movie ever does 100% every single thing from a book 
in its adaptation. There's always variables that are changed because the mediums are different. The mediums are different. So if we're talking about the ending specifically of the show, I'm sorry, them setting up for another, I don't see how that is an egregious offense against the source material. I think sometimes we can become very legalistic when it comes to source material, personally. I think that there is a balance that has to be uh, that has to be met. Because if you think about it, how many people love The Godfather, part one and two? Tina's a great resource on this. Talk to her if you haven't read the books about the differences between them and how, at least for her, the movies do a better job. So, again, nuance, conversation. Miss Martin Muses, what's going on, Miss Martin Muses? Thank you very much for being in the chat. It is 829, so we have to wrap things up. Uh, so, again, thank you all for hanging around. Let's see, over on Rumble... Uh, let us see what was going on over there. Um, let's see. King Kane says, we even talked about the Pope. Yeah, we talked about a lot of things here. He then adds on to say, I heard a rumor that woman King holds meetings, makes policies, and drinks coffee often in the movie. <laughs> I have no idea. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know what? I wouldn't put it past them. I wouldn't put it past them. <laughs> All right, let's get these last uh, comments out of the way. 70B, thank you for letting me know about Tina. Uh, I heard another channel that Star Wars Episode 1 and 2 are actually uh, really just world building, and Episode 3 is where the meat and potatoes is as far as story is concerned. Okay, that might be true, but the dialogue in those first couple are still uh, atrocious. Any opinion on the Chosen series? Have not seen it, Manders. However, from what I have heard about it, it sounds like it has some good elements to it, but it is definitely lacking in in other elements and other areas as well. Uh, it basically comes down to w- what you would see typically, and if you ask my opinion about a certain translation of scripture, it's like, okay, you might have some translations out there that are more accurate to the original Greek or the original Hebrew. That does not mean that you're actually to the the actual meaning of and the actual proper interpretation of the actual text itself, if that makes any sense. So I have not seen it, and I don't really have any desire to see it. Uh, I just, again, if I want to watch anything about the life of Christ, I will first read Scripture itself. And secondly, if I really wanted to see, especially about the passion, death, resurrection of Christ, would watch something like The uh, the Passion by, by Mel Gibson. So... Let us see these last comments. Looking for these last things here. Super says, Focus is owned by Comcast, publicly traded company. Wouldn't it be unwise or dangerous to lie about the film's profitability? Not arguing, just curious. So, again, this is where a lot of these studios oftentimes play uh, a very careful game. I would look specifically to what did the person say? Because if the person just said that we made our money back, that in and of itself might not actually be a false statement because to them, that statement would mean, oh, we made the amount of money we put in production-wise back, which would be true to a specific extent. Now, for those that actually know how this money works, we know, no, you actually didn't because of the way that the numbers actually work in the real. So essentially think of it in this way. 
It's similar to what we see these streaming services do. They'll say, oh, this is the greatest show ever because of X numbers. But they're only presenting specific numbers that meet their point and, and not the actual within context numbers that actually signify objective reality and objective truth, if that makes sense. Miss Minnesota Hockey Fan says, Football for me is kind of boring. Action is stop and start. I like continuing to play, which is why I like hockey in a good fight. Again, Miss Minnesota Hockey Fan obviously have to uh, call out the, the love of hockey there. And I agree. Definitely love the nonstop action, for sure. General Winkster, what's going on? Where have you been? A lot of people have been here for a while. Orange Eye Review says, I did a video that said the sexualization of children's entertainment would be a norm if Cuties was released and if parents didn't call this out. Not going to say I told you so, but yeah, exactly. And if people don't call out what we're seeing right now, um, what's to stop Hollywood from continuing to push the bar, right? That That is, I think, another main point of, of what my, my comment was about. Manners says, from the books on, has always been uncomfortable focus on sexualizing young girls. Agree with you. Read the book. Secured. Uh, soured on the moral tone. Have never watched the shows. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I think that, to me, it, it raises a lot of very uncomfortable questions about um, the people who are not only writing this stuff, but are also presenting it visually as well. I, I think that it is something that we do need to talk about. Jacob Buck, you are very late, but hey, glad to see you here nonetheless. Um, all right. We are getting to these last comments here again. Thank you to everyone for being in the chat. Robert Frey, what's going on? Thank you very much, uh, Guy Endor. Thanks for being here. Again, if you like The Chosen, I'm not trying to say that... It, I'm not saying it's a bad show because I have not actually seen it. It's just that I would rather watch a show that I know is actually going to be accurate. Um, the biggest complaint that I've heard is that it does not present a very accurate image of the Blessed Virgin Mary. So uh, that's a big problem for me. That is a big problem for me. Um but again, I have not seen it myself, so I cannot speak to it specifically. But that is one of the reasons why I, I don't, why I wouldn't really want to watch a show that is not going to present things the way in which they they should be presented, if that makes sense. So anyway, let's go ahead and wrap things up there. Thank you all very much for being here tonight. We talked about a lot of things, a plethora of topics, including the ones in the topic, uh, in the in the video description, in the video title, as it were. Despite what some people may have. Uh, said otherwise uh but anyway it really does mean a lot to everyone who was here so please smash the like button laugh fire button smash the rumble button if you're watching over there as well thank you all very much for the love and support for anyone that won the giveaway last week um i think there was just one person who needed to email me there were two people who won the steel books here for punisher and for hell or high water i got the email for the person who won punisher i think it was maybe even curzilla maybe that's why he was asking for my email earlier but uh, for Hell or High Water, so just whoever was the other person, just make sure you contact me. Also, um, I will be sending out a uh, shout-out to, um, oh my goodness, I am blanking, Matt317, uh, who won this. These are actually layouts and schematics for various Star Trek uh, ships. This was on the giveaways channel for my Keep at the Bifrost level and above, who are on Patreon, Subscribestar, etc., so... Uh, yeah, I'll be sending this out this week. And Orange Hour Reviews, I still need to figure out how to get that giant book to you. I'm going to hopefully get that figured out uh, before the end of the weekend. But just wanted to give you all an update on that. And those will be sent out over the course of the next few 
days and hopefully at the very least by the end of the week. Anyway, thank you all very much for your love and for your support. Shout out to Joey Horn who was on this uh, who was on the shoutouts video. Uh, and again, thank you all very much for supporting on whatever platform you are watching on tonight as we continue to spread all over the globe, all over the interwebs. You guys are all amazing and beautiful people. Hope you all have a wonderful rest of your evening. And as always, God bless. And now for a huge shout out for all of my September Patreon, Subscribestar, and Locals members. Starting off with my Patreon members, Chris from the 80s, that's his YouTube channel, Garrett Searles, Hymir Irie Hymason, Jeff Toon, Jonathan Carney, Laura, the Modern Major General Story, Orange High Reviews, you can also find on YouTube by the same name, Rosetta Allen. YouTube's name is Eagle Rider, Stan Andrian, and Miss Martin Muses, and that is her YouTube channel. Thank y'all very much for supporting me over on Patreon. Also, for all my subscribe star peeps, Matt317, that's his Twitch channel name, support him there. Storm Tracker, The R, Fast Reaction, Mr. Roy, J Ron, The Beer Guru, and ZK Man. Thank you, K Man, as well, and you can find him at xtheboundaries.co. And thanks to all of my subscribe star members. And lastly, to my locals members, Locals has definitely been hopping a lot more recently. Uh, shout out to Miss Miss rather, Miss Minnesota hockey fan. How about a hockey player? UAB Mad Dog. Mad Dog? UAB Mad Dog. Mike Jackson for the win. Brett D90 and the amazing lawyer Robert Barnes. Thank you all for supporting me over on Locals. And if you want your name shouted out vocally at the end of every single live stream and video, make sure that you support me over on Patreon, Subscribestar, or Locals. And you can find out more information about it on those websites and check out the top link in the video description below if you want to find out more about how to get that. Access to podcasts that I do with John the Flick Flickinger and also how to be featured on the Chosen of Valhalla live stream, which I do once a month with my Chosen of Valhalla members. And it's always a lot of fun. Anyway, that's going to be it for me today. You guys all have an amazing rest of your day. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Beautiful people. And as always, God bless.